Let's romance this podcast and free our sister from Zolo and DeVito with episode number 33 of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Podcast initialized. Mission identified. Romance of the Stone. 1984. Co-hosts online. Auditory analysis online. All systems nominal. Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take another look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago to let you know whether they're still worth revisiting today. You can find the show notes for this episode at retrorewindpodcast.com slash 33. There you can leave us a comment on the episode. You can vote in our poll on whether you thought uh, Romancing the Stone was a classic, nostalgic, or tragic. And you can find links to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and more. My name is Francisco Ruiz. I am a dad, a designer, and I wield the Diablo Tenador thing. Wow. How about the was... diamond? No, wait. It's a green thing. It it's, yeah, it's an emerald. <laughs> Maybe it's jade. Maybe it's plastic. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> and apparently I get derailed. Maybe that's why I just should have said. Yeah. Uh, but I, I predicted romancing <laughs> romance the stone was going to be a classic. And you heard him. I don't know why I even bother introducing him because he just comes on willy nilly. I'm always here. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, my good Willy friend and, and co-host willy nilly also known as paul powers hi paul hello to all my fellow willy nillies <laughs> oh my goodness uh paul my question for you this time is if you had to search for treasure in either an urban city or a tropical island which would you prefer and why Urban cities have bathrooms. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> and you can, and air conditioning, <laughs> and Both maybe true. Wi-Fi. <laughs> I mean, just GPS this treasure. Yeah, sorry, that sounds lazy, but <laughs> it also sounds disease-free, <laughs> like <laughs> malaria and stuff. <laughs> well, we didn't. It could be like urban city, and who knows, like. Like zombies attacking and no, I don't know. Whatever. Okay, so yeah. Urban City. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Sorry. Oh, and That's I predicted okay. that this movie would actually be tragic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. And we are joined once again. <laughs> Woods. <laughs> once again by Paul's wife, Valerie Powers. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show again. No problem. My question for you this time, since uh, we got to know you a little bit in the never-ending story episode, uh, what would you prefer in terms of uh, precious stones? An emerald or a sapphire? Sapphire. Sapphire, okay. The reason I chose emerald or sapphire is because I believe sapphire is the jewel of the Nile in the sequel uh-huh. to Romancing the Stone. Okay. There's a sequel? There's the a sequel. search for more money. <laughs> But we're not here to talk about Romancing the Stone, Search for More Money. We're here to talk about Romancing the Stone. The movie. Uh, the Space movie. Spaceballs. Oh, wait. That's another one. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. 
Paul, will you please put in our course for Alice? Sure, Alice. Let's have roundtable pizza with a discussion of whether we think this movie is a, a classic or not and why. And uh, then after that, let's have a new tube segment to see what everybody's been up to. And then let's wrap up this episode with some feedback, contact info, and whatever else we want. Like show Sounds announcements. Sounds good. I don't know. Like whatever. show announcements. <laughs> Yeah, whenever you get that target set in, Alice, please uh, just let us know. You know, give us that alert that you like to do. And, and, yeah. Alert, alert, target located. Spoilers incoming. Engaging retro rewind reactor. Go. <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you what went wrong. <laughs> First of all, guess who else is here? You're dead right, Solo. What? Secondly, she's got herself a partner. Who likes shooting holes and everything. The minimum price for taking a stranded woman to a telephone is $400. 375 in traveler's checks? Not a deal. That's just the beginning of what's going on down here. There's nothing we might be able to say, but Paul, where are the technicals for this movie? This episode of the Retro Rewind podcast is celebrating the 30th anniversary of Romancing the Stone, which came out on March 30th, 1984. It's rated PG. It ran 106 minutes, and it was uh, directed by... Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you not know that? <laughs> I could, I, I knew it off the top of What's my head. What's his name? He did something uh, else. People I think call I him like. Bob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Robert Zemeckis. Have we done any of his films yet? No. No, but we are about too soon, so stay tuned. <laughs> um, it stars Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner, Danny DeVito, and El Guapo from The Three Amigos, along with some other people. <laughs> That's, ah, I was like, where do I know him from? Okay, thank you. Yes. Um, Any other, oh, the the, uh, budget for the film. The budget for the film was around $10 million, and it grossed to almost $90 million. So, level up on that, maybe? Level up. It also raised over $30 million in rentals alone. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. And I imagine this is like a big re was a big like replaying movie on things like HBO and things like that. Sure. But that's just what I remember. And speaking of memories, this is what our memory mind meld synopsis of Romancing the Stone goes like. Kathleen Turner is a novelist whose sister is kidnapped by a drug and alligator cartel. Uh, Turner travels to South America to get her sister back and runs into Michael Douglas, who is after a treasure the drug cartel wants too. Danny DeVito is trying to get it also. It's like Indiana Jones. Uh, Turner and Douglas find love in the jungle and get, a, get to... 
Get a sail yacht that is parked in the street. <laughs> That's what I remember. Some of that, the cartel wasn't really into alligators, though. Yeah, it's fine. We just went one level deeper. <laughs> exactly. Okay, guys, let's talk about the things we loved about Romance in the Stone. I mean, it's romance is right in the towel, so there's got to be some things we loved, right? Valerie, let's start with you. What's one thing you really liked about the movie? I love the fun adventure. It kind of reminded me of a cross between Indiana Jones and Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> oh, that's a good comparison. Yeah, and actually, uh, Christy, right after the, we watched it together, Christy, my wife, uh, she said, that's very similar to Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Not put Crocodile Dundee on our list of movies to uh, rewind back to, maybe. Except I've never seen it. <gasps> well, it's kind of like this. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this one? Probably don't need to see the other. Unless you really like Australia, I suppose. It's a little different. A little different. Okay, cool. Uh, Paul, how about yourself? I like the opening scene um, when she's working on her book, but it was really the, it opens up with the cowboy scene and uh, the woman and he's like, uh, I'm coming after you. And then she throws a knife at him. And I I thought that was very dramatic. But then uh, her boyfriend shows up and has these magic killing abilities and kills the bad, <laughs> which I thought it was too easy. But I thought it was a dramatic opening and kind of fun that it went right into her with her writing a story that way. Like uh, a good intro to uh, sets kind of sets the tone for the rest. No, not sets the tone. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it kind of sets up the movie. Kind of well, I mean... Way. Well, first, I want to say I do like how it was a cold opening. It wasn't like a bunch of credits just to get to the movie. I know. Uh, but it was really interesting. But I think the reason it was the way it was was to seed later on when the same type of scene happens with Michael Douglas's character. Oh, no, with her character when she threw the knife, but the villain blocked it. No, no. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, it was seeding that at the end of the movie and also seeding when she meets Oh, Colton. Michael Douglas for the first time. Yeah, because he hill. comes yeah, down the ridge yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's really interesting how much uh, went into that scene foreshadowing elements of the rest of the movie. Yeah. So that is definitely cool. Yeah. Good point. Uh, what was that, Barry? Good point. Oh, good point. Thank you. I, I often make good points. Um, <laughs> probably another good point that I will make is that it was really nice. I, I liked Alan Silvestri's music. I think this did was. You? I did. Yeah. yeah. I did too. I, I, it not when they're in South America mostly. I really liked the sort of drums and uh, I, I'm not sure what sort of instrumentation it was, but I really liked. Uh, the I really like the score and that, those parts. When they're in New York with the saxophone synth, that synthesizer, I was like, "Man, this is lame." But that's what I thought. Well, that's what you thought. Okay. About even when they were in the jungle. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, I imagine didn't we'll like get to it that at all. Later, it's but, amazing okay. that he did Back to the Future. <laughs> well. <What? did, laughs> Though, did you think that Back to the Future was starting with the opening set? I don't know what, if you call it a note or there's just some. Yeah. Yes, that's awesome. Dramatic. (laughs) 
You know, that's the way it should be. That's well, well, but with that, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Valerie was no, the most you no, really no, no. Let's talk about this. The music was brought up. Let's talk. Yeah, Let's talk I, music. I, think I was about to go fun. to the titles. You thought the music was a lot of fun. Yeah, very good. Was there a particular part that you really liked? With the music of the music, yeah. Um. Well, there's several scenes where I just felt like it lightened the whole movie, and to me, it was kind of showing we're not taking this movie too seriously because I don't feel like it was a real serious movie. It was a fun-hearted movie, and so mm-hmm. whenever there was an action scene, to have this fun, kind of different-sounding mu- music kind of made you get in the mood of the movie. It was just kind of a fun, a fun atmosphere type of thing. Yeah, see, I totally uh, agree with that, and I felt it. It could. It took away from the drama. I would have enjoyed it more with the music being more dramatic and even more mm. orchestral and not over the top kind of like. Uh, so or even when they went to go dancing, it was kind of like this Seinfeld theme on fast forward. You know. You know? <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. So I didn't. I'm gonna have to disagree with you on the music. It wasn't That's a fair. drama, though. You know, it was not taking itself seriously. It's supposed That's to be kind of a. The problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love it. I love the the, the tone of the movie. Cool. Well, and what was something else? Uh, whether it was tone or just some other element that you liked, Valerie. I love the concept of a romance novelist getting to experience one of her own adventures. It's just oh, okay. such a fun idea. That's and a I good feel, point. Yeah, and related to that, I felt like the whole movie was kind of like one of her romance novels. Yeah. So, well, yeah. You know, like that. And so I felt like she really, truly, you know, was experiencing one of her own novels. I, that kind of helped to it, the whole tone of the movie. So I just, I love that idea. I think it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, this is only a, a small element of that. I would agree with you, but there was this memory that I had still from when I first saw this of her carrying this, that huge manuscript at the beginning of the cowboy uh, novel. Mm-hmm. I just remember thinking, man, that book is huge. Yeah. <laughs> Who would read that? Yeah. But I imagine that's like one side pages and like eight by tens. And, yeah, Some people love whatever. Them. Yeah. Look at the people with uh, Game of Thrones. And- oh, yeah. Good point. Were you about to say Lord of the Rings? Well, yeah. I was going to say, say that's uh, that just long. Ask the Twihards. Yeah. Those oh, are long gosh. books, too. Gosh. Well, we're not talking about those books. Paul, have you I? brought it up. <laughs> nope. No, I didn't. You brought up manuscript and how long books are. Who would read those? <laughs> Paul, was something else you really liked? Or do you, did you like that element of Joan going into her, uh, a story similar to the types of things she writes? Oh, yeah. I, I enjoy that concept. I think, And they, I think they did a good job pulling that off. Another thing that I liked was after the opening scene of her, of, uh, her writing, it showed her in those big 80s headphones and i loved those oh, headphones yeah. because my really? dad had similar headphones that i would oh, uh, cool. put on and listen to as a kid so it just brought me back to those and i just laughed and that that's was fun. awesome wow yeah so then some seen some of those um way back in the early 80s like some of the phones that they were using and things like yeah that. the the rotary sound mm-hmm. at one point she used and the typewriter yeah that was like Wow, typewriter. This is an old movie. (laughs) (laughs) So it was fun going back and uh, revisiting that time. Oh, definitely. 
Um, something else that I I I th- I think was well not key. I'll leave that for the end. But I thought that uh, this is fast forwarding into the movie a little bit. But I liked the so the El Guapo from Three Amigos, Paul. Yes. I forget his actual his actor uh, Alfonso his um, Alfonso Aru or A R A U, however you pronounce that. Aru, uh, yeah, maybe. And anyway, but his. Character. I really, I, I, th- I thought it was really. I liked his little bond he had with his little mule Pepe. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's one of the things I listed. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a funny movie sometimes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and coupled with that, I, I thought it was a little like, the way I put it was Deus Max Deus. Machina that they just so happen to meet this these drug people that he loves her books. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was a little like, oh my gosh. But it, I mean it worked. It, it is a good way to get out of the the trouble they're in. No, the Pepe was a great way to get out of their, their trouble and calling it the mule. That was fun. You know what else yeah. was fun? It was what? an aura it was an O R V with bullet holes. <laughs> an off-road vehicle, you know, which is Did reminiscent of ORV? no, but it was an off-road vehicle, and with all the gunshots being uh, shot at him, it's so, uh, so was I, I'm not getting. I mean, it's I a get, reference I to s- Goonies. How is it a reference to Goonies though? Or oh, Goonies? How is Goonies a reference to this? Because I think Goonies because ORV. Later. Bullet holes. Well, yeah. Did it say ORV? No, but it's an off-road vehicle. It's a four by four. So, there's no. I don't think there's a Spielberg connection at all. Not for this one. This is a Michael Douglas production, yes. and it's Robert Zemeckis versus uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> what? Oh. what? <laughs> Richard Donner. Excuse me. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I'm not. I'm failing to see what the what's the connection would be. Other than, I mean, that sounds more of a coincidence than that. They connection. both had. Off-road vehicles with how many holes. other movies yeah, have off-road vehicles with bullet holes in them? I don't know, but I just noticed the connection on this Fine. one. <laughs> <laughs> I was Listener, looking, I was watching the movies. I was going, "Hey, it's just like Goonies." Okay, that's me. I, I'm weird. I can't. Sorry, argue, I was enjoying that moment. You know what? I can't argue with the way your but brain you is wired. If, <laughs> <laughs> I can't contest it. I can. I can argue it, but I can't. Wait, no. I can't convince you. That's what I'm trying to say. I can't convince I'm you. I'm sorry. But I, I need argue. convincing. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, let's go back to you, Valerie. Something else you really loved about so, yeah, Romancing the Stone. I relate to the main character, Joan, a lot. And that made me enjoy it more. I feel like she's a shy writer. And I love to write. And I love novels. And so, oh, cool. And she lived in her head, and when it came to real life, she was a little shy to actually have the adventure, and I, I think I would be very much like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, And I love the fact that she's is sweet and such a romantic, because I, I feel like I'm a romantic at heart, so I just thoroughly related to her. Yeah, it is a really cool scene, like, just her character, and this actually ties into uh, a Facebook comment we got from uh, Jake and Aaron Wallace. Uh, they said, they they rated absolute classic. 
the chemistry between Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner was great. Danny DeVito is hilarious too. I still want to watch it again and laugh. I loved seeing, and this is go, speaks to what you're saying, Valerie. Mm-hmm. Love seeing the main characters change through the movie and help each other come out of their shells. And I think that's mainly uh, Joan coming out of her shell. I don't think Michael well, Douglas's character Colton did much of that. But he became well, he had an arc. emotional, and yeah, he he was oh. way independent at the beginning. Okay, I, I can see that then. I I was thinking just in terms of like having a very sheltered life, uh, which yeah. Joan did. Didn't like didn't seem like she really went much of anywhere. I mean, her, her idea of a romantic celebratory evening is like having a little liquor from her liquor cabinet, giving her cat fancy feast and throwing her glass into the fire. Yeah. So, (laughs) which is very funny. It totally speaks to, it totally is a great picture of her character to start with. But, um, that, that's the idea. I, I, that's a very visible, metamorphosis she goes through yeah. toward the end where she's like just totally like kicking butt and uh standing up for her sister mm-hmm. so yeah i jake and aaron wallace uh or one of them i'm not sure which probably aaron who's a woman paul okay <laughs> fine name your daughter jake i don't care <laughs> okay uh but thank you for writing that in aaron uh paul uh do you, i just have one more thing uh, actually i just have my my classic maker thing that i loved about romancing the stone uh do you have anything else before we get to yours i have two quick things um awesome. one is uh i enjoyed the part where she's trying to cross the bridge and accidentally swings over and i thought that was really funny i laughed yeah, out loud totally um and I also like Danny DeVito's character. He was uh, kind of um, fun to watch. Yeah, I thought he was he was funny. I was surprised at how comical he was for me. Yeah, and this is one of his first major roles. Oh, well, really? I thought Taxi was a pretty major role. Yeah, I think this Taxi. was before. I'm trying to verify. Taxi was at least in the 70s, if not the uh, 60s. Maybe, maybe it was his first movie. Mo- big movie. Okay, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, he's been no. Never mind. He's been in a lot of things. Okay. He was in <laughs> one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He, never mind. <laughs> Paul's been incepted. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right. And was there one other thing, Paul? No, those were the two things before my big okay. one. Fantastic, Vary. Uh, any uh, last few things you have before your major romance with this movie? Sure. <laughs> Sure. So kind of touching on what you said about her arc of coming out of her shell, I love the scene uh-huh. near the end where she needed help and she was calling Jack for help and he was out of bullets. And uh-huh. by the time he got there, she had managed to save herself. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Because she yeah, was pretty yeah. helpless at the beginning of the movie. So I, I was so proud of her for that. Absolutely, and yeah. So the, the other major thing, um, I actually have three sub points, but... It's just the over over the top romance of the movie. I just hmm. I love that, and I can think of three scenes that really brought it out. Okay. And uh, one was the first one was the scene where they dance with the lights oh, in the background, yes. and they're she's coming out of her shell. He's helping her, and they just they're really bonding over that. And then 
uh, similar, then they, they kiss in that same scene. And mm -hmm. the background, if you notice, gets literally starts to glow. And I thought that is so like a romance novel, like over the top. Here you can have a glowing background. It was almost, it was just so, I don't know, different and fun. And so I thought mm -hmm. it kind of really put me more in the mood for that, that kiss. Because here you have a glowing, it's almost like a poster. And then the third thing would be the ending. Just absolute, oh my goodness. So fun, so creative for him to show up with the boat on, on New York Avenue and then they, they're they going down the avenue in this boat. I mean, what a perfect ending. So it was a great movie for any romantic out there. Very cool. I, I have a couple things to that I want to speak to that you mentioned. Okay. But Paul, I'll give you a chance. Is there anything you want to? Yeah, I agree. It was so, kind of over-the-top romantic. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but it it was it, for with that in mind, knowing that, then yeah, that's kind of, those scenes are are fun in yeah. that way. I want to say for me, I, I thought it was a little weird. I mean, I see that is a romance movie, but I thought it was a little weird to have this like so blown out white in the background without any plausible reason why there would be. It's not like there's a big bonfire back there or yeah. that there's a lot of, I don't know. That's just what it, Well, I, that's what I mean when I say the movie does not take itself seriously. It's, it's very over the well, top. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that, that, that almost, that pretty much took me out of the movie okay. just because it's like, where would that be coming from? Where it seems like they could have, had a plausibility of maybe there's a much, there's cars strung there and they they have their lights on and, or a nuclear uh, warhead exploding yeah you know <laughs> nuclear war yeah totally uh, I see um, but the other thing I want to say is the ending scene I did like it too it's interesting that it turns <laughs> out so this is an inception moment for Francisco the way I remembered it was that uh, like Kathleen Turner Joan was in a store or a shop and she looked out the window and saw the boat and then she walked out and saw oh it's colton and and it, and they you know and then the ending proceeded like it did i think that actually was grafted onto my memory from friends when joey gets his boat oh, and you yeah. see it outside the window of central park interesting yeah i wonder if one was inspired by the other. Oh, it could be, but I I remembered the movie as the friend scene as opposed to how <laughs> it actually ended up being. But uh, let's go with the things that would make Romancing the Stone a classic if we were to rate it a classic. Uh, Paul, let's start with you. It's basically what you first started off with for me. It's the uh, fun action-adventure mm. um, idea and uh, that combined with uh, the concept what Valerie mentioned with her and her own uh, novel or her own world, basically. It's kind of like um, that whole idea brought together in a fun adventure uh, makes it a classic for me or would make it a classic. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I, I just want to say again i think it was the adventure element of this movie was quite fun i was really surprised at how sort of the scope of the adventure how how big it was i wasn't expecting that i agree it was the, it had fun adventure yeah uh i'll go and then we'll end with valerie um the thing that 
I think would make Romancing the Stone a classic is really the relationships in two ways. I really mm-hmm. loved how the dialogue throughout the movie seeded or stated the relationship without saying, we are brothers or we are cousins. Mm-hmm. You are my sister. It was just really nice touches like Davia would be addressing his cousin and just throw in something that let you know that they were related and that's why they're not like killing each other literally or why how uh jones publicist uh publisher just just the way the dialogue was framed you totally instantly know oh okay that's her publisher without it being like this mm-hmm. sort of very very pronounced exposition this is who you are i really like that and uh then a flip side or another side of the relationships that I liked was was Joan and uh, Jack's uh, relationship. The way it was formed, I really loved how it started them, like him essentially just being a mercenary and how their relationship grew. It, it was, well, I'll, I'll leave that, but I just really liked their relationship. And is it? it kind of like cutting edge he, they were both paid to be there at first yeah 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 i'd kind say like similar though though i'd say cutting edge was funnier but um yes like lone star <laughs> <laughs> but that's if anything were to make it a classic it would be that and let's end our love section oh i'm gonna digress briefly uh speaking of relationships uh what we got one more comment on Facebook from Deb Powers. I think you both know her. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Deb, uh, thanks for writing in again. Uh, she says, I love that movie. I'd rate it a classic. I love the relationship between Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Really looking forward to your podcast on this one. So thank you, Deb, and for agreeing with me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Valerie, but if anything would make this film a classic for you, what would it be? This is related to kind of what I've already said, but mm. it's uh, related to romance. It's such a romantic movie. But what I want to say specifically at this point is it wasn't just enjoyable for me as a romantic. It was literally inspiring as a romantic. And let me explain. Really? My okay. favorite moment of the movie uh, was unexpected because I didn't remember this line. It's at the very end when she's talking to her publisher. And uh-huh. the publisher says something about you're a hopeless romantic, and she says, you know, hopeful romantic. And I thought, yeah. oh, my goodness, finally, romantics have been redeemed. I mean, it's it's such a great concept that it's true. We are hopeful. We're not just hopeless. So I love that line. So it, it inspired me as a romantic. Very nice. Very cool. <laughs> well, those are the things we fell in love with for Romancing the Stone, but what are the things we just like fall, fell out of love with? Why would we divorce this movie? Uh, Paul, let's start with you. <laughs> wow, that's not the segue I wanted to go with. <laughs> but I'll say, I'll, I'll jump on what you said earlier about things that took me out of the movie. But yeah, this please. was this was so great that it took me, actually enjoyed it. It's so bad, it was great. Oh, okay. okay, you go know I it. mentioned when she walked... Or she was trying to cross the bridge and she swung over. I laughed. Yeah. 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 When he swung over, first oh, of all, yes. when he swung over, one of the things, okay, when he, for the, we'll go from funny to bad. Uh, okay. When he swung over <laughs> and he hit the rocks, did yes. you notice the rocks? Well, I kicked, didn't, but, but Christy did. Yeah. And Valerie didn't, but I did. 
And when he hit the rocks and they gave it gave way as like foam rubber yeah, or something. Yeah. So yeah. we had paused it, we rounded a couple of times just to see it. That was funny. <laughs> um but one of the things that I didn't like, and, and this happens so often with these movies where people are swinging from vines and really far distances, uh-huh. they like when she swung over it was one arc. But when mm-hmm. he swung over, and this is where they make made a mistake. It's not. It goes like one arc, and then it kind of dips down again. It's almost like there's like a pulley up there pulling him. It's not an actual. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, if you watch the arc, and if you, I don't know. Maybe I'm too much into the physics, or maybe I'm too engrossed in the movie, and then you pull me out by going, "Oh wow, it's not swinging in an arc." So that that that. But then when he hit the wall, that was great. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I could see, I could imagine though, Paul, that let's say that vine is sort of connected, uh, like with like just other vegetation that's sort of connecting it with whatever it's the main con- tree. The, uh, yeah, let's say it's connected to a horizontal tree branch, like it's inter- intertwined with it. And as his weight goes on it, it pulls away more and more from that horizontal tree branch. So he does dip further and further down. That's how I would rationalize Well, then you it. should show that and actually create more tension because you think he's going to fall. But no, oh, he doesn't. That's and a good he point. he keeps swinging. I, I, I can't argue with that. Yeah. So foo- double fooey now on them. <laughs> <laughs> what I would claim fooey on this movie is I thought Joan's sister's performance was horrible. It, it was lacked. so it was like she was I don't know. I, I I'm sorry. I, I don't know if she went on to do bigger and better things. Maybe I hope so, but in this <laughs> role she was just it it was like yeah, she might as well have been a mannequin or something. I, I don't know. It's just she didn't add anything to this movie other than being the plot device for to get Joan down to South America. I think to Colombia. Yeah, I think I seen her in other things. <laughs> do you remember her name in the? I do not. I know that her publicist or publisher went on to do other things. Yeah. Do you? And by the way, sorry, to digress. But can you think of what else she was in? I. I totally recognized her, Is but I can't place maybe her. Maybe Monica's mom from Friends. Nope, that's no, not her. that's not her. Oh, okay. No. Um, she's been Good in guessing. a lot of things like uh, Legally Blonde and The Truman Show. Um, okay. Things that you know. Yeah, I'm like sure that. I've seen her. She's right. probably fair. she sounds like I'm sure she's quite the character actor in lots of different things. Yeah, she's the grandmother in Spy Kids 3D. You know, yeah, or spy kids, you know. <laughs> so it's things like that. Anyway, that that was the first thing I wanted to call out that I really did not like about this movie was, was her Joan's sister. sister. Yeah, or her performance, I should say. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Valerie, what was something you didn't like about the movie? Or was there anything? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Lay it on us. I, I come from a conservative background, so the language kind of bothered me. It, it distracted me and it I felt it was unnecessary, especially for a lighthearted romance. I didn't mm-hmm. feel it was necessary at all. So I was surprised, actually, when Paul said it was PG. 
not just because of the language, but some of the scenes. This is not a kids movie, even though it's yeah. a bad movie. It's not a. It's not for kids. I think I, this so. may have been before the PG thirteen rating. It was really, it, yeah, yeah, because. Temple of Doom was the impetus for PG thirteen. I, uh, okay. I forget what year that was, but I'm pretty sure it was after this. Okay, so. But I totally agree with you, uh, Valerie. I was uh, after I didn't remember as much cursing as there was, mm-hmm. um, and so when I went to look at the back, because I was curious, I was thinking, okay, this can't be PG, and I know PG thirteen probably wasn't around then. So was this an R movie? I, I I just wanted to see, and I was shocked to see that it was a PG movie. I'm like, yeah. wow, really? Okay. <laughs> Parents' guidance really, really, really suggested. Um, yeah. What what? I'm curious what your take on that was, Paul. Um, at first, I I felt he. Uh, I understand from the writer's point of view, you want to separate him to be like this foul mouthed um rugged guy and so mm-hmm. at the beginning he um is very and i think he's meant to come across as offensive but one of the things that i've noticed is that by the end of the movie he's not cussing as much it's mm-hmm. kind of like he's um he, he's having he's becoming softer too mm-hmm. so uh, but i felt it was unnecessarily and kind of out of character or at least it made me everyone else was so not like that it made me go like what there there's his character i think was written too much you know of the the foul language and i think they actually were able to accomplish the i I agree with you paul that he does soften up and that probably was why they chose to start out with him being pretty foul-mouthed but i think they accomplished his sort of like Vago, not vagabondness, but his uh, <clears throat> uh, his scruffy-looking, ruggedly handsome <laughs> nerd herder, nerd yeah, herder. Nerd herder. Um, yeah, his scoundrelism, I guess. Yeah, it's probably a much better word than that. Yeah, but but we all they know what set, you mean. Yeah. Yes, they set that up with other bits of dialogue so much better that yeah. they. I don't. I think they could have continued those clever ways. Uh, for the one that stands out to me is uh, when he's in a shootout and he's like protecting Joan, and he's like, "The police, what, uh, what do they want with me? I haven't done anything lately." Yeah. I think that's just such. Yeah. I that's totally a, that is a great the, line of dialogue. It's how to yeah. create a backstory with without going into a lot of exposition. Exactly, and you don't need curse language to do it. I thought that was just throwing more things like that. Yeah. And I think they probably did. I just that's the one I recall off the top of my head. Yeah. Good example. Yeah. Uh do you have another good example, Paul, of things you didn't like? Yeah, going on that uh, the guy's a jerk. I mean <laughs> he You didn't like he's not likable. Is this the, another yes, Paul didn't like this guy? Yes. <laughs> I mean he takes her luggage and throws it off. It's not like Lone Star who opens up the luggage and find out it's just a hair dryer in there that they don't need in the desert. He doesn't even look. He might have, there might be other important papers like her passport or other like things in there that in their luggage and he just takes it and shoves it and throws it, chucks it. This guy is, is needs, uh, uh, he needs to go away. She can find, she can do much better. Well, Paul, I, I, I don't know. 
It doesn't yeah, matter. It, There's a lot of better guys out there who change even better. But the thing, he he wasn't. She wasn't looking for a romantic. And he she didn't see him as a romantic interest at that exactly. point at all. Exactly. Well, and we're not yeah, supposed to. I don't think we're supposed to think of him that way either. He's yes, just you are be, because the, as soon as as soon as he comes, hey, he's the lead guy in the poster, and he's up on top of the hill like Paul. the hero in in her opening scene. Paul, listen yeah. to me right now, okay? Yeah, he's the lead guy. You're supposed to like the lead guy. I didn't like <laughs> no, him. Go for I'm it. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going that way. Okay. They need to contrast. Okay, so Joan has essentially the perfect man in all her romance novels. And you see what her picture of that is in the cowboy intro. You have to contrast that with this is now the real world. Real men aren't just like perfectly chivalrous. Some are. <laughs> but no one's perfect. Most, m- most men aren't perfectly chivalrous. But not I know I'm that. not perfectly chivalrous. Yeah, but I, you're not a, that much of a jerk. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty clear he is a jerk in the beginning of the movie. I think they, they're open about that. He's too yeah, much of a jerk. I think, but I think... What I didn't like is that he's too much of a jerk. I have okay. a valid opinion. What makes it valid is that I say so. Well, let me... Okay, that's a valid opinion. I want to say, though, if he didn't start... If he started off much how he is toward the end, how would you show any sort of arc for him? What What would you, what would you posit as... You don't have to that. throw her stuff off the luggage. I mean, you <laughs> you can make sense when speaking a language. You can not <laughs> nice. well throw done. her, you know, get rid of like all her personal belongings just because you're frustrated. You can be cordial and be nice and be like, go from like, hey, here's um, a nice person who's helping you out to hey, a romantic interest. Kind of like speed. You know, Keanu Reeves doesn't start off by throwing um, Sandra Bullock's personal belongings off the bus because they need to lighten the load. <laughs> He's a cop, though. He, that's a different it, mentality. It doesn't matter. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, let's let's get on a different topic. Obviously, Paul hated this, and that's good. This is the hate section. <laughs> Valerie, what is something else you hated? It bugged me with the marijuana scene because. I know that marijuana is one of the less harmful drugs, you know, but um, it still kind of messes with your brain. And it seemed to me like it was totally glorifying the marijuana. Neither of them had any problem with getting totally high from the marijuana smoke. So, But you do? Mm-hmm. Is that what you didn't like? You said you didn't have a you, you didn't have a problem with marijuana, but you do have a problem no, with marijuana? No, the neither of just had a problem with that. Oh. With getting high off the, the campfire. Okay. Yeah, so, I'm not so really I sure what... I felt like it was glorifying marijuana. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you now. Sorry. I Yeah, and I, I almost... I'm trying to think of what what the filmmaker... What, like... Yeah, what the filmmakers were trying to say with it being... I mean, what do you gain by it being marijuana over being um, just, can't you know, wood or moss or whatever they have there? Because... They they already have that super strong liquor, so it seems very plausible that she could still fall asleep so that he could look at the map. That seems to be the yeah. whole reason that they need to get her asleep so she, he can look at the map. Totally they could have done that just with liquor as opposed to yeah. marijuana, as I used to call it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, so I think that's a valid point. Uh, so Paul, do you disagree with that on some level? Yeah, I don't need to. <laughs> what do you mean? I, oh, that's fine. What, whatever. Okay. I I was. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to do. I was trying to see if there's more antagonism built well, if up. If you want me to, I can go off on about anything. You know, like no. oh, anything. Hmm. Mm, yeah. So, Paul, would you say that's that's really obvious that that that's a negative thing? Then no, no, no. I don't know. Oh boy, this is a, a rabbit hole that I don't know which way is up now. Okay, um, no, uh, no, it's fine. But go back to um, the sister. Um, yeah, she is Mrs. Walsh, the the Goonies' mom in <laughs> Goonies. <she>? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> She does pretty good there, I think. Yeah. I liked her there. Yeah. Maybe that's why you connected this with Goonies. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Uh, no, what's Thanks for else, finding that. Yeah. Something else I didn't like was I didn't understand the the role of Danny DeVito's character and his cousin. Um because okay, first I thought they were the bad guys. You know, they kidnapped. Yeah, I thought that too. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we find out there's this other guy that, uh, the butcher or you know who turns out to be Zolo, who are yeah. not working together, mm-hmm. who's after and is like, and they okay, so they Danny DeVito and this and his cousin kidnap the sister. So mm-hmm. and they say, "Hey, this this other guy, he's the one that killed your brother or killed her husband, right?" Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm thinking, "Okay, if they're not working for him, then they kidnap." I'm putting air quotes. Kidnapped her mm-hmm. to keep her from getting killed. I thought they were actually. I thought they were going to go to a plot point where they were actually keeping her safe from them, and they wanted to keep her, them safe. So I thought they were actually going to. It was going to be turn out to be that they were actually the good guys. Hmm. But it didn't turn out that way. So, but in the end, I think their roles weren't really defined well, and so it was confusing for me. And you know what? I think that's one of the most confusing aspects of this movie is where did the map come from and how did uh, her uh, Joan sister's husband get it? But you bringing all that up makes me wonder if maybe it was just edited out or this or or maybe this was had no bearing on the story. But maybe her husband worked with Dane DeVito and his cousin, I- Ira. And yeah. so that's why she was so complacent about being with them. Yeah, the the fact that it was like, oh, it starts off, oh, they kidnapped me, they're going to hurt me. But then another scene, she was smiling with them. Yeah. And so I yeah, thought yeah. it was going to lead into like, oh, it no, was- that they're just, they're there to protect her. But mm. when, when did she smile with them? Like when she's having dinner with uh, Ira. She's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when she's on the boat, they they go... Half the the conversation that she has with them, she's smiling. So yeah, and it's yeah, okay. I, that is confusing. And yeah, I think so. Maybe maybe her sister actually had a her. very good performance, and I just didn't have her backstory, so it made didn't seem like it was, <laughs> or not. I think it's just or a flat hole. Yeah. Yes, it's a flat hole. That's a good point. How did they get the map, and why why was her husband involved? That's a good point. 
I disagree. I think that's it doesn't <laughs> matter how they got the map. I mean, I mean, it's fact that that you can get that back from oh. Her okay, so the sister's husband had the map. Well, how did he get the map? Oh, he got it from the guy, you know, at the market. Oh, how did he get it? I mean, you can keep going back. Well, who made the map? Well, who cut down the <laughs> tree to make the paper? I mean, you got to start somewhere. So I think that's fine. I just I okay. think the other roles were I think were less defined in that, and so it was confusing. I think but they that's were my sometimes opinion. comic relief. The, the relationship between the two brothers, how they kept giving each other a hard time. I or cousins, be, yeah. Or sorry, yeah. Especially yeah, in, in fact, I, yeah, I turned to Valor at one point in the movie and I said, what, are these guys in here just for comic okay. relief? <laughs> I think they it's, were. It's like, what point to the plot do they have besides kidnapping the the sister? And for what? They wanted the diamond? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, for so many. in the beginning they set up... Danny DeVito's like, why are we doing this? Why are we trying to get these trinkets? Or we should just take what we have and leave. And oh yeah, I was like, like, oh, this one will be just worth one it. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's why that's the reason they're there. Yeah, um, which I uh, all right. <laughs> but one thing that I didn't like, just a small thing regarding the map, is I didn't like that. I mean, you see, we talked about uh, Jack Michael Douglas's growth throughout the movie and at the end you or not at the end but after they sleep together with the after the flash of light that Barry likes so much um <laughs> uh you see she's like oh wow you didn't take the map and it turns out he did he did hide it and then which was weird that was the whole thing they kept saying he he was like did he asked el guapo do you have a a, a xerox a machine? machine yeah yeah and yeah. and no so at the hotel they did so when he came back to the phone booth mm-hmm. after checking in and finding out they had a Xerox machine, I thought he had made because she didn't have her purse at the phone booth because he took mm-hmm. all the luggage. I thought he made a copy of the map. Mm. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So he wouldn't need the map. And then I thought they were going to go, what, what was all this with? Oh, let's go get the diamond. Then we'll have more to bargain with with your sister. No, you go get the diamond. Then you give emerald. them the map, an and which is, huh? Not the diamond. Yeah, I know the emerald. So you go get the emerald, and then you go trade your your map for the sister, and then you have the emerald and the sister, and they don't know that the map is now worthless because the treasure's gone. But that wasn't even covered. That's I one totally of the more, followed that. They talked to they. He said as much. No, he kept saying, "If we go get the emerald, then we have more to bargain with with your sister. We can trade the emerald for your sister." But then I thought they said at some point that they could just give them that. Maybe I'm. Maybe I just inferred that. Like, yeah, because oh, it's logical. Do, so. <laughs> but they didn't. Oh, okay, that's one of the plot points. I'm saving the other one for later. All right. <laughs> That's fair. Um, and I just, uh, one really tiny thing is that the, when this goes back, we're jumping around quite a bit in this movie, but when uh, Jack is first like facing off with Zolo and he has a shotgun and he's like, you know, shooting, 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 it, it, they show him reload one bullet and then that seems to give him like 10 more shots. Oh, I yeah. thought that was a little <laughs> <Yeah>. ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah. But I even made a comment. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's kind of like them, the constant firing of bullets and like barely missing a couple inches, no matter if they're 10 feet away or 100 right. feet away. They're like stormtroopers yeah. or something. <laughs> but I think that was very, very typical of 80s movies like this where they didn't, they just had God mode on. So infinite, infinite ammo. Yeah. Uh, and the other people had but, God mode on. So bullets magically missed them. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think it was supposed to be super realistic. Yeah, so it sounds like Paul and I just have one last thing that we hated left, which would make this a tragic movie. Valerie, uh, let's go ahead and have you say any smaller, any small uh, hates you have, and then go ahead and give us your thing that would make *Romance in the Stone* a tragic. Okay, I really only have one thing left that I don't like, but I did want to mention. I think part of the reason that they had that ambiguity about the map and about his motivation as a character is I Who's think. That- mo- oh. Whose uh, motivation is character? Jack's okay, Jack's. Okay. And the ambiguity about, you know, is he going to take the map? Do you copy the map? I think part of that is to, to add suspense as to, is this guy a good guy and does he really love her or not? Yeah. And that, the fact that we weren't completely sure made the ending better. The fact yeah. that he comes back for her because now we know for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. I I will <laughs> I will secede to the union what no um i'll give you that value thank you for bringing that up okay. you secede from a sure. union not and to then, a union <laughs> Whatever. okay so my the thing i like the least very much relates to what paul said about him being too much of a jerk sorry francisco i have to kind of build on that <laughs> okay. um, the scene i like the least was when he was at the begin- very beginning when they met he was about to just walk off and I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping, I, I hope to believe that most men would not just leave a stranded woman in the middle of nowhere. Surely, I mean, that's well, well. they well, could do other things. Well, yeah. Yeah, the really bad. But a, a normal kind of good guy, is, is he really going to leave a stranded woman? That's pretty low. He so is. He's too, a jerk. Too much of a jerk for me. Like, but, you know? Yeah. It's just there's no excuse for leaving a stranded woman in the middle of nowhere. There's no excuse for that kind of jerk. <laughs> okay, so that's my that's my main dislike. Very good, very good. Paul, what's the thing you hated most about Romance the in the Obvious Stone? plot point miss of oh. um Joan here. Okay. Uh, so when she gets at she comes home to find her apartment in shambles and gets the call hey we kidnapped your or, or the sister calls hey i need this map um people have me and they're going to hurt me mm-hmm. she doesn't go to the police to say hey my place has been ransacked mm-hmm. doesn't go to the police that says hey my sister has been captured and they and they want ransom and they want this map they don't get any of the authorities involved. That could have completely, I know, wiped out the whole story, but that would have made sense. And no. so it completely threw me out of the movie at that point. Yeah, it's like, I wouldn't it's, have either. What? Yeah, because she you was better afraid. go to the authorities if somebody kidnaps me. I would be afraid to. If they said, don't tell anyone, like they told her, they said, don't tell anyone about this. They did? See, yeah. I was just about to say, I don't remember them they saying did. anything like that. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. When a guy kidnaps a little kid and says, um, all right, we're going to play a game, but don't tell anybody what we do. 
and otherwise I'm going to hurt your family. The thing that they need to do most is tell people. Is tell the family. I agree. Yes. I agree. And then if I get kidnapped, Val, the t- the thing you need to tell the need to do the most is tell people. All right, I I'll take that into account. Oh no! And I will tell. No, I will tell. Oh, take that into account. You, no, no, Paul. I will tell the police if you get kidnapped. But before you said that to me, I would have. There would have been a big part of me that would have been tempted to do whatever they say because I'm worried about your life. I understand her motivation. Is what I'm saying. I understand why she would, you know, just so take off and not tell So this movie is anyone. is made for you. <laughs> Apparently. Do you not understand that at all? Someone being tempted to just do whatever they say and don't tell anyone because she's worried about her sister's life. Not when they're across the other side of the world. You can tell as many people as you want. They don't know. And all of a sudden, you have Interpol, you know, surrounding them and all this stuff. And they have fire weapons way beyond more than what they probably have. And you take them down and let justice be served. Sorry, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I like the most. I I didn't like the most. Dislike the most. Okay. I do tend to see this movie as very much of a chick flick, even though it has some fun action and comedy. I, I do think that it's more geared towards women than men. And I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the thing that I actually hate the most, it may seem like a small thing, but for me, it it really bothered me how many little, essentially. I had to mount them to unseated conveniences. And what I mean by that is there's all there. The most, the most uh, striking one is toward the end where they're looking for the, the heart, the Corazon. Um, and she just, and Joan just so happens to fold the map to see this waterfall image when they hear the waterfall. It's like, that's how, but it doesn't make i mean that's so random and so coincidental i i feel like they should have like that should have been something that they either show us that she's constantly like playing with the map looking at different folds yeah because it seems so just like random and there were She's in, she's helping. I love yeah, that. But he, he's saying they should have showed her trying to help more, like earlier scenes. Like, mm-hmm. okay, once we get to this point, now what? Maybe there's something in the map that we're not looking at that can that can show us. Okay, oh, okay. Exactly. and then like let's hold yeah. it up to the light. Maybe to, oh no that. So okay. like have different like a couple small scenes like that to build up. Mm-hmm. Than rather this random happenstance. That's a good exactly. point. But I love the fact that when she put, holds it together, it looks like a heart. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. <laughs> that's a oh, no, I didn't notice that. No, <laughs> maybe it's my imagination, but to me, it totally looked like a heart, and I love that. Uh, so that's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Cool. But that, I mean, it seemed really convenient that uh, she just Dane DeVito just happens to miss her in the beginning after that he gets off the airport. Yeah. No, that kind and of stuff. Jack happens just happened to be there up on the ridge. I mean, it's just it's lot, like there's there's novel. lots of things. It's it's, I, it's a fun, silly, cheesy romance novel. Okay, but that's like I don't know. I I just that's what really bothered me about this movie. For some reason, I, I it's, it's a coincidence it's, that they missed each other. I think it's a coincidence that they meet up with each other and that 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 uh crowded area a caucasian 
a Caucasian man looking for a Caucasian woman. Yeah. In a, uh, a non-Caucasian world. In a non-Caucasian part. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess, but I don't know. She seemed to stick out pretty much like a sore thumb. It, and just that he was just a little late. I don't know. It's not like it's not like he came he came he was so late that she was already on the bus. It's like they just passed each other. I'm like, really? I really? thought it was cute. It was it wasn't meant to be realistic. It's just to further the plot, obviously. Wait, wait a second. We weren't watching a documentary, guys. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, oh. Well, in that case, no, it still bothered me. But okay. <laughs> All righty, guys. With that, I think we have to get on to our final reigns. We've just put all our uh, firing angles into the computer. Now, let's see if Alice has a firing solution for us. Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. We've discussed romance in the stone. Now, how do we ra- now how do we rate it? Let's start with Valerie. Would you rate romance in the stone classic, nostalgic, or tragic, and why? I would rate it classic, and the reason is because of the ending and the romance, which I love. There, there were moments in the beginning where I wasn't sure where I was going to go with this, believe it or not, because I loved it when I saw it the first time when I was young, mm-hmm. and the first probably fourth of the movie, I was thinking, I don't like this as much as I thought it would because of the language and things like that and mm-hmm. he, him being a jerk. So I thought, I wonder if I'm really going to rate this a classic. But the ending was such a payoff for me. And I love the romance more and more throughout the movie. So I, I got to go with classic. Very good. All right. So Valerie would recommend you see this movie, whether you've seen it before or not, by rating a classic. Mm-hmm. Paul, let's go to you. How would you rate Romance in the Stone? (laughs) (laughs) A bated breath. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to disagree with my wife here and rate it a tragic. Oh, Oh my. Yeah. I was going to say... Nostalgic? Yeah, nostalgic. No. If you haven't seen this movie, I don't think you're missing much. Um because it's kind of hokey and if you have seen this i don't think it holds up as well as it used to i could be wrong um so i'm gonna have to say tragic but i will add a caveat if you're uh uh someone who loves cheesy romance movies (laughs) then this is for you yeah (laughs) I would say, yeah, go ahead and check this out. But your hard line is tragic. But I rate it, me personally, because I don't yes. like cheesy romantic movies that much. I'm going to say tragic. All right. We have a classic. We have a tragic. And we actually have a draw because I rate Romancing the Stone nostalgic. Ah. I I had fun watching this movie. It was... Uh, it was a fun adventure. I, I really is like I said before, is way more adventuresome than I thought it was gonna be. I like the romance too. I'm I'm somewhat a romantic. So it was nice seeing them get together. And their the evolution of their relationship seemed very natural. But there are a, a lot of things like and I just mentioned them just a few minutes ago in our hate section that just sort of dragged the rest of the movie down. And I think I think on the whole, there's nothing like deeper 
to this movie. It is just sort of a cheesy romance. Mm-hmm. So it, if there was that, if there were these like deeper themes that I could like cling to, I think then I would have enjoyed the movie way more than I did. Mm-hmm. But um, but given that, I definitely would rate it a nostalgic. If you've seen it as a kid, it still holds a place. I I could still see it holding a place in your heart. Um, uh, mm-hmm. you, just because you know, you sort of know what's coming, and you may not quite know. And I was, oh, that's yeah, yeah, I remember that. That is fun. Uh, so we have a draw here, according to the Retro Rewind podcast. Depending on which host you like the most, either <laughs> see this movie again or don't. But the Retro Rewind podcast rates Romance in the Stone a draw. Draw your but, own conclusion. Draw your own <laughs> conclusion. Yes. Uh, but YouTube systems oh, engaged. Alice, <laughs> right on the ball. Yeah, a little, <laughs> a little ahead of the ball there, Alice. But thank you. Yes, engaged YouTube. Oh, you did already. Uh, Valerie, what is something new? Whether it's a TV show or book or app that is new on your tube. I saw the movie Pompeii recently, a few weeks ago. Pompeii. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a historical disaster romance. <laughs> Oh, and interesting. I've loved it because it, those are three favorite genres of mine. I love historical was, movies and disaster uh-huh. movies. Yeah, and I thought they did a great job with all three elements. Wow, okay, so, great. Yeah, I just thoroughly... If you're a romantic out there, I recommend it. It is, It's kind of a cheesy romance, a little bit similar mm-hmm, yeah. to this one. Oh, not quite as hokey, but a, definitely over the top. So if, mm-hmm, you're, yeah. if you're skeptical or cynical, don't see it. You're probably not going to like it that much. But if you're a romantic out there, I recommend Pompeii. All right. Thank you, Valerie. Uh, Paul, what is something new on your tube? I'm just finishing up the book, um, a book, because I'm, as you know, working on writing, writing a, a book. book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but the book that I'd like to get turned into a movie. And this is actually on screenwriting. It's a screenwriting book. And oh, cool! it was one of the books that um, it's called Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. And uh, it's one of the books that I saw at the library and at the bookstore. And it was like, I don't want to pass because there's so many books on screenwriting that just repeat a lot and give a lot of opinions that didn't look... um, and I looked like through the uh, the table of contents usually to find out okay what's it really talking about. Mm-hmm. But after hearing several other screenwriters really recommend it, mm-hmm. I gave it a shot. And um, if you're into screenwriting, it's I would recommend it. And or even writing a story, it helps mm-hmm. uh, establish the building blocks for um, creating a more compelling story. Awesome. I'm curious. Is the title a reference to Schrodinger's cat? No, it's not. Oh, okay. It's uh, the kindest. It's actually, it's it's the kind of scene where it says that that um, if you have a, a rugged like this guy, if you like a rugged hero that you want the audience to root for, uh-huh. you have to show him at first in a saving good guy, a cat, s- okay. something nice like that. Exactly. Uh, okay. Save the cat. Otherwise, if you don't, it takes a lot. Not everyone like Valerie in this case, <laughs> but it it <laughs> helps the audience connect with your main hero in a way that um, if for someone who usually heroes are a little rough around the edges, yeah. so it helps the audience connect with them. And a lot of movies don't have that scene with those kind of people. Mm-hmm. So they said, and one of the ways to make it better is to have, even if it's a short scene like that to save the cat. 
So that's probably why Serenity is such a good movie is because he saves those people from the Reavers in the very beginning. Yeah, and not Walsh. Well, that's not the beginning, Paul. Gosh. I know, it's at the end. <laughs> Spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> um, All right, thank you, Paul. Yeah. So, Francisco. You know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> What's new on your tube? That you- totally threw me. Wow. Paul, <laughs> uh, what's new on my tube is actually I finished reading Valerie Geary, who has been on the show before. She joined us for our Mary Poppins episode, retrorewindpodcast.com slash 28. And uh, she she's a novelist. Uh, and she had a short story come out in Amazon's uh I think short story journal called Day One, and her uh, story is called This Great Love, which would probably be right up your alley, uh, Valerie. It's a rom- romantic story, though it, it kept it, it kept me guessing how it was going to turn out toward the end. So it is interesting in that way, uh, but uh, I would, I definitely recommend it. I mean, I'm a little biased, but it's still it's it's a fun read, quick, uh, and it's only ninety nine cents now on Amazon. And yeah, for your like, Kindle, don't they call so like it. those singles or something? I think uh, that could be. Yeah, that, I that think sounds they call right. Those short stories that for the Kindles uh, singles. That sounds right. So, go look it up. This Great Love by Valerie Geary. How do you spell Geary? A G E A R Y. You spell it correctly. That's how. <laughs> Fell right into that one. Yeah, sorry. Or did I swing over it like a cliff with a vine? Anyway, Not in a thank you guys. Place. But you did hit the rubber rocks. <laughs> yeah, I did hit the rubber rocks. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto-exec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks, we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block Podcast at umbcast.com or find it on iTunes. Let's see if there's any uh, nice feedback for us. Comsat Online. Receiving incoming transmission. Yes, boom. So we have a couple uh, people that have emailed in the show and posted on our website, which, again, is RetroRewindPodcast.com. And quickly, actually, before I get to feedback, I want to say you've probably noticed that our site looks different. I recently did a pretty big redesign of the website, and it's actually now my own design as opposed to a a pre-done template. So uh, I'd love to get your feedback on what you think of the site. If you think it's easier to find, uh, the main goal of the site was making it really easy to go to the episode you wanted to see and just press play and listen to it right away. So I'd be curious if you like that aspect or if you have any suggestions, please let us know that too by going to retrorewindpodcast.com slash contact. 
All that being said, though, let me get to our feedback. First, we have from Deb Powers once again. Thank you for Ryan and Deb. Uh, She says regarding episode 21, which was our Apollo 13 episode, she says, enjoying listening to this podcast. Wanted to send a correction in uh, if you didn't correct it later on in the show, which we didn't. Uh, Oh, she is only halfway through listening to it. So I'm sure you found out Deb. we did not correct this. It's Clint Howard, not Cliff Howard, which I think was my bad. And she says, by the way, I saw him, this being Clint Howard, at a Star Trek convention and got his autograph with my picture taken with him. Oh, cool. He's a very nice guy in person. Yay. Go Clint. Yay. And Paul, you actually responded to, to Deb with something about Tranya. Do you want to explain what that is? No. I said <laughs> the reason why that we, we said Cliff instead of Clint is probably because we had too much Tranya. And for those people who know that reference, you know. And people yeah. who don't know that reference, you look don't it need up. to know. <laughs> or, or that, yeah. Yeah, you can look it up. <laughs> and uh, then RJ, long-time listener RJ, uh, he replied on episode 30, he actually had an initial reply, and then I responded to him asking what some of his favorite Disney movies were. And he replied back, hey, man, sorry, didn't see this till now. Uh, no worries, Ren. Uh, my favorite old school Disney was Robin Hood, the Fox one. Or I added the Fox one. I assume that's what you meant, Ryan. <laughs> uh, Lady and the Tramp was all right. Not my fave, but better than most. To be honest, I've never seen Sleeping Beauty. Crazy, oh. right? Especially since I have two princess princess crazy daughters. And anyway, thanks for all you do. Anyway, that's all the feedback we had this week. Uh, please uh, let us know what you think of this show. Always good to hear from you. But let's tell let's tell you the listener as I fumble over my words of how you can get in contact with us individually. Valerie, is there any place uh, you would like our listener to go to reach out to you? Sure, you know, you can email me at ValeriePowers2003 at yahoo.com. Very good. Thank you. Um, and is there anything you'd like to promote this week? Or this episode, I should say. Okay. Paul, how yo, can people up? get in touch? Well, yo, what's up? How can people get in touch with you? Yo, this is Paul. Check me out at pauljpowers.com. Hit me up, yo. <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> wow. We are so derailing. Um, you can find me, Francisco Ruiz, on Twitter. I'm at FXRUIZX. And you can contact the show at retrorewindpodcast.com slash contact. But, Paul, will you tell our good listener, what we're going to be doing next time. Next time, we will be rewinding for a video game. We're going to be uh, replaying F-Zero for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. 
But until then, dun, 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 dun. Francisco just keep going. Will be I'll, I'll do. The song I'll do it as I go. But until then, we would love if you. No, do it right, Francisco. You're doing it wrong. But uh, we would love if you would share the show with your friends. And if you want to support us even more, go to retrorewindpodcast.com/support to find out how. If you want to friend, follow, pin, or plus us, go to retrorewindpodcast.com slash social. But if all you want to do is send us some good old-fashioned written feedback or questions, head on over to retrorewindpodcast.com slash contact. Take it away, Francisco. Thank you, Paul. And I want to thank you so much, listener, for putting up with my reprise reprisal. Reprisal whatever I just did of F-Zero. And also thank you if you're listening to us from Retro Days at... I mean, if you're listening to us from there, you know how to get there. But in case you don't, go out over and check... Go over and check out Retro Days at retro-daze.org for a lot of uh, retro articles and a fun forum. And you can also check out the podcast from there. Uh, and thank you for listening to the show. We super appreciate all your all you download and subscribe to the podcast. It, it's just it's amazing to us. So please continue to do so. Please share the show with your friends. And until next time, like a Pokemon, we'll catch you later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Da 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 da. Retro Rewind mission complete. Yay, the mission is complete. And return to base. We're proceeding to Map Point Omega. We're proceeding to Map Point Omega. Nav Point Omega, actually. Nav Point Omega. Then why did she say Map? Why did she say Map Point Omega? I was look. I was watching the movies. I was going. Hey, it's just like Goonies. Okay. That's me. I, I'm weird. I can't Sorry. Arg- I was enjoying that moment. You know what? I can't argue with the way your but brain you is just wired. Did. If- <laughs>